Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere And each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. I'm finding the song here. Okay, here we go. Found it. Yes, we're coming back, all right. The Jay Giles Band from 1980, ladies and gentlemen, and we welcome you to a comeback, ladies and gentlemen. However, to uh, Wrestling Revisited for Tuesday night, May the 7th. Yes, we're back, folks. And yes, this is episode 168, 1605, 562, Call ID 139926 pound. You can join us right now. I'm your host, the Iceman, Jerry DiGirolamo. And joining me live from Front Royal, Virginia, ladies and gentlemen, on the drums, ladies and gentlemen, along to the guitar, however, ladies and gentlemen, is the human suplex machine, which every Monday night you can hear on his raw rants, ladies and gentlemen, on WCW Revolution Radio on Facebook.com, as well as Movie Fans Worldwide 2.0. Let us bring him in now, the human suplex machine, Mr. John Gross. John Gross. John, welcome. Good to be here. We've got a lot to talk about tonight, however, and believe me, we're going to talk about it here and now, however, but before we do, ladies and gentlemen, we do have some breaking news just coming into the WCW 
Revolution Radio Desk here tonight. Earlier this afternoon, according to reports, we understand a shooting at a suburban Denver middle school injured seven people on Tuesday, and as of now, two suspects are in custody. According to reports, Douglas County Under Sheriff Holly Nicholson Clue said that there is a possible eighth injury and does not believe that there are any other shooters, but tactical terms are still searching room by room, and she did not know if there are any fatalities or other details about the victims or the extent of their injuries. Lines of fire trucks, however, ambulances and law enforcement officials from multiple agencies were at the school known as STM, or STEM School Highlands Ranch, a public charter with more than 1,850 students in kindergarten through 12th grade tower. The sheriff's office office said the deputies responded at around 1.50 p.m. this afternoon to the Highlands Ranch community about 15 miles south of Denver. As of now, this is what we know, however. Here's what we know on hashtag STEM shooting. Eight injured, two shooters in custody. Children's Hospital has one patient in good condition. Littleton Advantis has five patients, four of them serious, one of them in fair condition. This is according to Jay Larson of Denver Channel 7. Okay, no problem, sorry. Of Channel 7. Nicholson Kluth went on to say that police and deputies got there almost right away and heard shots as they arrived. The school, of course, is near a sheriff's department substation. As of now, the sheriff's office has directed parents to a nearby rec center to pick up their children. Now, we will continue to update you throughout the evening, however, on this breaking news story, however. When John comes back, we will get his thoughts, however, about this very heartbreaking, very heartfelt tragedy that happened just a short time ago in Denver. Before we continue on, ladies and gentlemen, we want to remind you that tonight we will be on with Revolution and a recap of last night's Monday Night Raw, which we'll be talking about here in just a few moments as well on Revolution, episode 665, 138055-pound. Join Gerard T. Smith and I with the news headlines, including how our very special but a somber birthday today, how our ladies and gentlemen, that is very unique and, uh, let's just say, heart-breaking uh, in a big-time way, no pun intended. And for a guy who should be in the WWE Hall of Fame, how if you ask me, and we'll talk about who that person is coming up here in just a little bit. Also, we'll recap of what was a very much of an atrocious Monday Night Raw last night, Howard, in the Queen City of Ohio, since Cincinnati, Ohio. As you know, tonight the superstars are in Louisville, Kentucky at the KSC Yum Center, if you will. Of course, next week they'll be in Jolly Old England at the O2 Center in London, England. Of course, we will have uh, spoilers for you ahead of time on Monday and Tuesday on Raw Radio and prior to Revolution, if you will, ladies and gentlemen, next Monday and Tuesday, if you will, as it'll be the go-home show for Money in the Bank, which, by the way, is coming up a week from this Sunday, ladies and gentlemen, live on the WB Network from the XL Energy Center in Hartford, Connecticut. Of course, tickets are still on sale for that event. And in case you're wondering where we're going to be in a couple weeks, we're going to be in Albany, New York, two weeks from uh, this Monday, however, at the Pepsi Center at the First Union Times Arena in upstate New York, if you will. And then two weeks from tonight, however, we will be in Providence, Rhode Island at the Dunkin' Donuts Center, if you will, near the University of Providence, if you will, ladies and gentlemen, in Rhode Island. Then we close out May in a big-time way, ladies and gentlemen, three weeks from tonight, however, at the BOK Center in Tulsa, Oklahoma, while coming up three weeks from... Uh, Next Monday, Howard, we will be in the Sprint Center in Kansas City, Missouri. Yes, folks, it'll be a somber scene, Howard, to say the least, in the ribeye capital of the world, Kansas City, Missouri, ladies and gentlemen, on Memorial Day. But it'll also be a very unique day, if you will, Howard, as we will be there coming up three weeks on this Monday. Then, of course, we start off June in a big-time way at the Frank Irwin Center in Austin, Texas, Howard, near the home of the Longhorns, if you will, at UT, let's just say. And then, of course, June 4th, we will be heading off to Laredo. Yes, folks, the Laredo Entertainment Center, if you will, in Laredo, Texas if you will. Now, tickets
tickets for the Laredo and Austin show, I believe, will go on sale next weekend, ladies and gentlemen, for the shows in Austin and Laredo. And, of course, you can get your tickets now in case you want to order them ahead of time. Now, also, ladies and gentlemen, we want to remind you that coming up this Thursday night, Wolfpack will be on with episode 202, ladies and gentlemen, 138521-pound. Be sure to check that out at 9 p.m. Of course, Friday night, of course, we'll wrap up the weekend style with Revolution, 138521-pound. Of course, again, both days, of course, we'll have Gerard T. Smith and I have the news headlines for you. And, of course, John will bring the birthdays and dates of both of those shows. Unfortunately, I will not be a part of the show Thursday night due to a prior commitment, but I will be back on Friday night, if you will, however, at the news desk. So we will have someone fill in. For the King, however, on Thursday night. And then tomorrow night, folks, we will have a very special 666, let's just say, no sign of the beast table, if you will, on the SmackDown recap of Revolution. And, of course, that gets underway at 9 o'clock with our SmackDown recap. Of course, we've got three matches that have been announced for tonight, including Andreas Cianalmas versus Mustafa Ali, a six-person women's tag match, including Bailey, Carmella, and Ember Moon. The War Goddess taking on Charlotte Flair. Ember, uh, Charlotte Flair, excuse me, Mandy Rose, and Sonya Deville. Also, ladies and gentlemen, we will find out tonight that we will have new SmackDown Tag Team Champions as Matt and Jeff Hardy had to give up the WWF titles last week, however, in Columbus, however, due to the fact that Jeff Hardy got bruised up at the hands of the beast himself, Lars Sullivan. As a result, Jeff had surgery yesterday, we understand, and will be recovering, however, for the next six to nine months. Because of this, we want to wish Jeff a very speedy recovery, however, even though he will be out until the end of the year, early 2020, however. His brother might be back at SmackDown tonight, maybe, or possibly maybe next week in England. We will keep you up to date with that story as far as that goes. But be sure to check that out tonight at 8 o'clock on USA. Now let's check and see if the human suplex machine has returned. Johnny, back with us. Okay, John is still out, folks, but he will be back momentarily, ladies and gentlemen. Of course, we will be getting his thoughts, however, as far as the... Uh, top story that we just brought to you at the start of the show this evening, ladies and gentlemen. Again, we are keeping an eye on this breaking news story that just came into the WCW Revolution uh, news desk just a short time ago in the Mile High City. Meanwhile, however, we're going to talk a little bit about what happened last night as far as Monday Night Raw goes live at the U.S. Bank Arena in Cincinnati, Ohio. In case you did not hear last night, John did not one, not two, heck, not even three, but several, several videos last night, how on the WCW Revolution page and on the Movie Fans Worldwide 2.0 Facebook page, if you will, ladies and gentlemen, and talking about what was a very, I'd just say, unique but uh, craptacular show last night that happened in Cincinnati, Ohio. Of course, we all know what happened in the main event, of course, Kofi Kingston, of course, making his first Raw appearance in quite some time, ladies and gentlemen, taking on the return of Daniel Bryan. Also, ladies and gentlemen, we saw Roman Reigns and Drew McIntyre in a rematch from WrestleMania 35, as you know, but unfortunately it was marred by controversy at the hands of the troubadour himself, the piece of human excrement that is Elias, if you will, and his new friend Shane O'Max, Shane McMahon, who earlier in the night, hour was told by the A-lister himself, The Miz, of course, that he would basically find a way to get his hands on Shane. Well, let's just say The Miz almost got his hands on Shane and tried to rip his head off, if you will, while uh, at the same time, Howard Roman had his own agenda to deal with in the form of the Troubadour Elias, but unfortunately Elias and Drew McIntyre Howard had a big plan set up and a big trap waiting for the big dog himself, if you will, let's just say last night. Also, we saw a very unique opening match, Howard, that saw two guys who have not seen eye to eye the last few weeks. Seth Rollins, of course, the man burning it down in the phenomenal one, AJ Styles, who will take on Seth Rollins at Money in the Bank a week from Sunday, ladies and gentlemen, taking on Boring Bland Baron 
Coxstane Corbin, if you will, and of course his new boyfriend, if you will, Bobby Lashley, if you will. Of course, Leo Rush was not there at ringside. Leo Rush, of course, is right now pretty much on the outside looking in. He has been fired by WWE, according to reports, but some people say he has also been suspended following his actions after what has happened over the last few weeks. But right now, my guess is the latter. He has been fired, and he will not be returning to the WWE whatsoever. Also, we have heard reports, however, there were some other things going on as far as last night's show. As a result, we will weigh in on this topic here in just a few moments when John returns to the line. Hopefully, John will be back with us in a moment or two. But that being said, folks, we will have a lot more to discuss about this tonight, ladies and gentlemen. Oh, apparently, however, I think we... Uh, Johnny, back with us? Yeah. Johnny, back with us. Yeah. Okay, yeah. there we go. Finally, we... all right, sorry, John. We've been talking all this time. We didn't know you were back with us. Okay. Uh, we were just talking about what happened in Denver. Uh, I know you had to step out for a few minutes, and now that you're back, good to have you back with us. Uh, we would like to hear your thoughts now about what happened in Denver today. And then we started to talk a little bit about what was a, well, a very unique show in Cincinnati last night. And as I said, you had a lot to say about this last night in Cincinnati, but I'll start off with the story in Denver. Let's hear your thoughts about this story. That was pretty disturbing. Indeed it was. Indeed it was. And, of course, we will be keeping a close eye on this story, to say the least. Of course, uh, we are going to be continuing to get information into the studio as we speak. Now let's talk about what was probably the worst. And I do mean, and I would have to say, this was by far the worst Monday Night Raw and ever, I have ever seen in recent memory. I mean, every week it seems like they can't do anything worse or anything that has just topped uh, from the previous week. Well, unfortunately, they topped it last night, and I know you had quite a rant about this last night with your uh, channel, however, on the aftermath of what happened on Monday Night Raw. But before we get to your thoughts, I want to tell you, ladies and gentlemen, that last night's rating hour did a one-point rating up from, up from one point uh, one five six last week. It was last year. Wasn't Jamie? What was that noise? Uh, I thought that was you. I wasn't. Okay, I'm not sure. Uh, but we understand, folks, last year at this time they did a 194 rating, and two years ago they did a 190. Also tonight, ladies and gentlemen, we understand there will be a no-DQ match signed between the Miracle, Mike Bennett, Mike Canales, taking on Akira Tozawa, we understand. Also, ladies and gentlemen, we have heard, however, here are your viewership numbers for the night. The first hour did 2.46, up from 2.33 last week. The second hour did a 2.24, and then the third hour did a 2.02, a little bit better from 1.9 last week, but nevertheless, the first to third hour drop-off was 444,000, more than last week, actually. The average drop this year, headed into this week, was 406,000. So uh, that being said, of course, here's the story about that. The yearly average rating for Raw has been 1.8. One year ago, the average through the first week of May was 2.25. Two years ago, it was 2.25. So, John, they have just definitely continued to show that they have no uh, sense of uh, caring about their fans or public. And I know you had a lot to say about this show last night, so I'm going to turn it over to you right now because I know you want to talk about this right now. So, by all means, please go right ahead. I know. It's just like I said, said, like I said yesterday night. I mean, the WWE's been falling. It's because they've lost their superstars, and they've gone back to the same old storylines from the 80s, 90s, and 2000s. You lost superstars like CM Punk, John Morrison, Alberto Del Rio, 
and all the other guys that worked for you. Yes, certainly. And certainly, very good point. Right, and it looks like WWE might be might be ending real soon. Yeah, it could very well be. You could be right there, John. And we heard earlier today, according to reports, that Rhino, a.k.a. Terry Yaren, announced during an interview... With but if WWE wants to make, wants to make, but, make more, more, more desperately, I say cut back the three hours of Raw. Yes, well, I've been saying that for a long time now, and I would agree, but I don't think they're going to, which is unfortunate, because they have this 10-year contract with USA, which I don't get, and I'll talk more about that in just a second, but folks, uh, I did get your thoughts about this, how earlier today, Rhino, a.k.a. Terry Garrett, announced during an interview with Chris Fleet that he intends to have to leave WWE when his contract expires in July. In fact, Rhino told Fleet the following comments early yesterday. They actually offered me more than twice my down but it wasn't where they would have to use me because the downside is so huge and it wasn't about money it was about me wanting to be on the road working helping the younger guys kind of as a player or coach Van Fleet also asked if WWE is offering bigger money deals because they are scared of the upcoming AEW scooping up various talents like Stupendent aka Wade Barrett and possibly Jonathan Moxley aka Dean Ambrose at the time Rhino simply said the following I don't know if they're scared or concerned in addition to that, how he also spoke about going to church multiple times each week, each player's reaction to his decision to leave WWE, being able to take independent bookings, and the part that he played in Vic Joseph's upcoming broadcasting career with 205 Live. Now, we understand that beginning this week, Percy Watson will be joining the 205 Live team, and Beth Phoenix, however, will be joining the uh, NXT announce team. Your thoughts about this? No comment. Well, I'll tell you, I think it's going to be very interesting. I will tell you right now. I think it's going to be very, very interesting, to say the least, Tyler. Now, well, I mean, at this point, the de- I mean, at this point, the WWE is just, is just losing. It's just losing the battle that they cannot win. Right. Oh, I would agree. I would definitely agree. Now, earlier this last week, we understand how our ladies and gentlemen, Ryan Callahan, however, was let go from his position as lead writer on Monday Night Raw Friday morning due to putting head tower with senior VP of creative David Kapoor, better known to you all as Bungie Singh. Callahan has been working for WWE since December 2016 and was a member of the home writing team that does not travel to events and previously had worked on The Bachelor shows. According to reports, however, once claims that this was not a response to lower ratings, but in fact, how Runjin and uh, Callahan actually started clashing with each other over the last several weeks, and as a result, Runjin went off to tell Vince McMahon about it, and as a result, let's just say uh, Callahan got cut loose because of this. That being said, I don't know why Runjin Singh had to be a little snitch and a little bitch baby, however, to cry to Vince McMahon about this, but we've talked about guys, however, who have been let go over the last few months, including Road Dog Jesse James, Arn Anderson, Dean Malenko recently decided to uh, walk off the job. However, we have heard other people how are sticking around, including Jeff Jarrett, Sanjay Dutt, and Dana Warrior, who were just hired to take over the creative team. In addition to Vince's guy and John's least favorite person and my least favorite person, Bucky the Beaver himself, Mr. Vince McMahon's yes man, if you will, Kevin uh, let's just say dickbag Dunn, as I like to call him, Howard. That being said, I don't know why they're holding on to Kevin Dunn still, Howard. It just amazes me that he is still employed by the WWE. But, John, I know you have a lot to say about this, Howard, involving some of the shakeups involving the booking team. 
Well, it's like I said, all these superstars got all these superstars left, and now, and now the writers are leaving. WWE right now is that is that there are stages of death right now. Certainly, yes, no question. I would agree with you. I would definitely agree with you. And, of course, don't forget, ladies and gentlemen, in case you're in the U.K., ladies and gentlemen, you can check out these superstars signing autographs at a facility near you. First off, it's Miss Toys. The only thing WWE needs to be, like I said a few episodes ago, is bring back CM Punk. Oh, yeah, I would agree, but I don't think we're going to see that happen as much as we want to, and I would agree. That would be pretty cool if they did that, but who knows? There's been talk that... CM Punk might be showing up in a couple of weeks at the All Elite Wrestling event, however, mind you, in Las Vegas. And we'll talk more about that next week, ladies and gentlemen, as we give you an early preview of that show, however, ladies and gentlemen. So be sure to check that out. Uh, that being said, as I said, if you're in the U.K., ladies and gentlemen, here's where you can check out your favorite superstar signing autographs. First off, this Thursday, ladies and gentlemen, at Smith's Toys at 1 Jervis Street, Dublin 1, in the Emerald Isle, ladies and gentlemen, from 4 to 6 p.m. Howard, this Thursday, Howard, you can meet the champ himself, Mr. Boom, Boom, Boom Man, and the co-leader of the New Day, Kofi Kingston. Yes, folks, Kofi Kingston will be talking with his fans and uh, signing autographs, however, for all you fans in the Emerald Isle, Howard, coming up in, let's just say, North and uh, Dublin coming up this Thursday, ladies and gentlemen. In addition to that, ladies and gentlemen, tomorrow, unfortunately, John's not going to like hearing this, Howard, Belfast, ladies and gentlemen, Howard, you can meet... Yes, folks, the former interim GM, the little weasel himself, Baron Cockstain Corbin, in his TGA Friday's Fest, if you will, at the Belfast UK Smith's Toys at 67 Shane Retail Park on Boucher Road in Belfast, BT 126HR UK. That's a mouthful. From 4 to 6.30 p.m. tomorrow, ladies and gentlemen, in Belfast before the show in Belfast tomorrow night. In addition to that, Friday night, you can check out the superstars at the Helsinki Ice Hall in Helsinki, Finland, at the Arena Dupay, Howard Marcel, France, Howard, also on Friday, ladies and gentlemen, Saturday night at the Hubbard Arena in Stockholm, Sweden, at the Utila Arena in Newcastle-upon-Tyne, England, ladies and gentlemen, Sunday in the home of the Beatles and William Regal, ladies and gentlemen, at the M&S Bank Arena in Liverpool, England, at the Oswald Spectrum, ladies and gentlemen, in Oswald, Norway. Of course, the Bournemouth International Center, Howard, this Monday night, Howard, next Monday night, Howard, while Raw is in London, the SmackDown Superstars will be in Bournemouth. Tuesday night in Paris, Howard, at the Accor Hotels Arena in Gay Paris, however. Of course, the Getik Arena in Magenburg, Germany, next Wednesday. Next Wednesday also at the Resorts World Arena in Birmingham, England, ladies and gentlemen. At the Barclay Card Arena, however, in Hamburg, Germany, next Thursday. In Sheffield, England, also next Thursday, ladies and gentlemen. And, of course, also, ladies and gentlemen, next Friday at the Cardiff Motor Point Arena, Howard, in Cardiff, Wales, and at the Mercedes-Benz Arena in Berlin, Germany. So there you go, folks. That's where you can check out all your superstars on the European Tour that gets underway officially, again, as we said, beginning tomorrow, ladies and gentlemen. Now, a quick side note, ladies and gentlemen, this Saturday, however, excuse me, not this Saturday, it's Friday, ladies and gentlemen. You can check out the WWE and the Arena Defense Near facility near you at the following locations. First off, Saturday, January 1st, Howard, TakeOver 25. Yes, folks, celebrate the 25th anniversary of TakeOver, ladies and gentlemen. On Saturday, June the 1st, ladies and gentlemen, at the Webster Bank Arena in Bridgeport, Connecticut. Tickets go on sale this Friday, also this Friday. The SmackDown show for the two days before the 4th of July. Celebrate Independence Day in the Lone Star State as we go back to Texas in early July, ladies and gentlemen, with SmackDown Live, live at the AT&T Center in the home of Shawn Michaels and Tex-Mex Cuisine, ladies and gentlemen, San Antonio. 
Antonio, Texas, ladies and gentlemen. And tickets for that event will go on sale this Friday. And also this Saturday in John's Neck of the Woods, ladies and gentlemen. Coming up on Saturday, July 6th, ladies and gentlemen. Tickets go on sale for the live SummerSlam Heat Wave Tour, ladies and gentlemen. That will be coming to you live on Saturday, July 6th at the Capital One Arena. Bell time is set for 7.30 p.m. that night, ladies and gentlemen. And tickets go on sale this Saturday. Now, for you NXT fans, however, here's where you can check out the NXT events near you. This Thursday afternoon, a rare afternoon show at the Minerare Hall in Largo, Florida at 2 p.m. Be sure to check that out, ladies and gentlemen. Friday night, the Highlands Today Center in Sebring, Florida, however, this Friday night, ladies and gentlemen. Also, ladies and gentlemen, however, next week, however, you can check out the superstars of NXT in the following locations. Next Thursday night at the Sands Event Center at Bethlehem, Pennsylvania, near Philadelphia, if you will. Next Friday night, ladies and gentlemen, at the Fillmore in Philadelphia, Pennsylvania, ladies and gentlemen. Also next Friday at the St. Petersburg Armory, however, in St. Petersburg, Florida. Next Saturday, ladies and gentlemen, at the APG, however, uh, Federal Credit Union Arena in Baltimore, Maryland, ladies and gentlemen. And also at the Sanford Civic Center, ladies and gentlemen. Next Sunday, however... Believe it or not, at Asbury Park Convention Hall in the home of Bam Bam Bigelow, ladies and gentlemen. And speaking of which, ladies and gentlemen, be sure to check out, ladies and gentlemen, next Saturday morning at the Adventureland Store in Voorhees, New Jersey. Come meet the NXT World Champion and the first NXT lady, if you will. Candice LeRae and Johnny Gargano from 10 to noon at the Adventureland Store, however, from 10 to 12.30 p.m. Get your tickets officially this Thursday if you want to get the meet those two superstars because tickets are flying off the shelf very quickly for that big event there. In addition to that, next Friday, ladies and gentlemen, the Firefly Funhouse will be heading down to the Caribbean. Yes, folks, down to Puerto Rico, if you will, at the Comic-Con at the Puerto Rico Convention Center from 3 to 6.30 p.m. next Friday the afternoon. Ladies and gentlemen, in San Juan, Bray Wyatt will be heading down to the land of the Caribbean, ladies and gentlemen, and his Firefly Funhouse gang will be there in San Juan. You can only imagine what it's going to be like down there in San Juan a week from Friday. And then next Saturday, ladies and gentlemen, have this, ladies and gentlemen. If you're in the Hartford area, however, I'm sure this brings memories back to you all, ladies and gentlemen. This will be a fun event to say the least, ladies and gentlemen. Coming up a week from Saturday, ladies and gentlemen, at 2 p.m. at the Walmart in Hartford, Connecticut, right before Money in the Bank, how many legendary superstar Pat Patterson, the first ever Intercontinental Champion at 495 Flatbush Avenue at the Walmart store there in Hartford from 2 to 4 p.m. next Saturday, folks. In addition to that, however, here's where you can also check out uh, the superstars we told you about where we're going to be, of course, in two weeks and at the end of the month. But, folks, we can also tell you how our coming up power on May 27th, ladies and gentlemen, Memorial Day, right before Raw in Kansas City that night, how celebrate Memorial Day in a big way early in the morning at the Cricket Wireless Store, how at 12200 15th Street, Suite 102 in Grandview from 11 to 1 as the A-lister, The Miz, will be talking to his fans right before the Kansas City Raw that night, however, on Memorial Day, May 27th. So be sure to check that out, ladies and gentlemen. In addition to that, here's where else you can check your favorite superstars at an arena near you. For Sunday, June 1st, excuse me, Saturday, June 1st, however, from noon to 4 p.m., ladies and gentlemen, come meet the Big E himself, however, along with Xavier Woods of the New Day, depending on if Big E can make the travel or not, however, at the Ernest N. Moral Convention Center, however, as they will be doing an autograph session in the Big Easy, ladies and gentlemen, on Saturday, June 1st, however, from noon to 4 p.m. Of course, again, that is depending on if Big E can make the travel or not, however, but if not, Xavier Woods will be there talking to his fans in the Big Easy coming up on the first day of June. Also, ladies and gentlemen, can tell you, however, as far as other events go, ladies and gentlemen, you can check out the, your favorite superstars in these locations, ladies and gentlemen. Uh, Friday, June 14th, however, at the Freeman Expo Halls, 
in San Antonio, Texas, from 3 to 5.30 p.m. or 6 p.m., and then from 4 to 7 p.m., come meet the man herself, ladies and gentlemen, and also from 4.30 to 8 p.m., come meet Daniel Bryanhauer at the Freeman Expo Halls in San Antonio, Texas, on Friday, June 14th, ladies and gentlemen. That's Friday, June 14th, however, ladies and gentlemen. Now, tickets are required for admission, autographs, and photo opportunities. Now, availability is limited, however. But again, come meet Finn Balor, the man herself, Becky Lynch, and yes, the plant's champion, if you will, Goat Boy himself, Daniel Bryan, however, that particular day on the 14th of June. Let's see where else we're going to be during the month of June. If any more autographs are coming out, power will tell you about it here. Uh, Yes, folks, Saturday, June 15th, ladies and gentlemen, Howard, come meet Elias. Yes, folks, Howard, the uh, troubadour of the WWE, Elias, will be signing autographs at 1965 South Union Avenue from 2 to 4 p.m., Howard, on the 22nd, right before uh, stomping stomping grounds, if you will, coming up on Saturday, June 22nd, Howard, in Tacoma, Washington. So you might want to check that out, ladies and gentlemen, if you are in the Tacoma Washington area, ladies and gentlemen. Again, it was it said June 15th, but instead it has been pushed now back to June 22nd as far as that goes, ladies and gentlemen. Also, we can tell you, uh, come out and meet the Miz, ladies and gentlemen, at the Cricket Wireless Store Monday, June 17th, ladies and gentlemen, in Linwood, California. Yes, folks, Linwood, California, 3100, ladies and gentlemen, East Imperial Highway, B2-1103 from 10 to noon, right before, however... Monday Night Raw takes to the air, however, for the go-home show right before uh, stomping grounds, if you will, as that will be held on Monday, June 17th. Of course, later that night, WWE Raw will be turning to the City of Angels. Yes, folks, La La Land, Hollywood, USA, Los Angeles, California, if you will, ladies and gentlemen. And that should be a very good show, to say the least. And I can tell you right now, after talking to one of our good friends today, earlier today, Danny from Oak Park, he has told me on authority, John, you're going to love this, however, he has already said he is planning on not going. That's right, not going now to the big show on June 10 or 11 in San Jose or Sacramento, if you will, which will be right after the Saudi Arabia show, however, coming up in the second week of June. In fact, tickets for both of those shows already have already been, uh, I mean, they've already been sold, but he has already told me directly he will not be attending that show. And, of course, speaking of stomping grounds, ladies and gentlemen, we told you about that. Of course, it will be on June 23rd. And then, folks, on Monday, June 24th, we will be back in Everett, Washington for the first time ever, however, with Monday Night Raw at the Angel of Winds Arena. We were there back in February, and the weather was nasty and cold and chilly. This time, hopefully, the weather will be a little nicer. We'll be out there at the end of June. And then Tuesday, June 25th, we will be in the Rose City of Portland. Yes, folks, the home of uh, Voodoo Donuts, Nike, and, of course, the Oregon uh, Ducks and the Oregon State Beavers, if you will, Portlandia. Yes, folks, Portland, Oregon will be welcoming us home with open arms, if you will, at the end of June, ladies and gentlemen. That will be coming up on Tuesday, June 25th. Now, we understand, of course, the WWE has already announced some dates for their Far East tour. We'll talk more about that next week. We have already heard that we know that we're going to be on Monday, June, July 8th. We have heard that, that we will be in New New Jersey at the Prudential Center coming up right after the 4th of July. In fact, tickets for that show will go on sale three weeks from Friday, ladies and gentlemen. That's the Friday before Memorial Day on May 24th, ladies and gentlemen. That tickets will go on sale for the July 8th show in Newark, New Jersey. And, of course, we also know where we're going to be the 14th and 15th. That, of course, will be announced in early June. July 14th, we'll be in Philadelphia, the home of our good friend Big Diesel, Gregory Kramer's neck of the woods, and, of course, Extreme Rules in Philadelphia, Pennsylvania. Tickets will be going on sale for that the first week of June. And, yes, folks, Monday, July 15th. Hold on to your seats for this one, folks. It has been confirmed to us as well, ladies and gentlemen. We will be in, of course, of all places, Long Island. Yes, folks, the home of Mick Foley, if you will, live at the Nassau Veterans Memorial 
Coliseum on Monday, July 15th, the night after Extreme Rules. And one more date to report here before I give uh, John a chance to get his thoughts on all these dates. Are coming up at the end of July, we're going to be in near the Empress's hometown of Arkansas. Yes, folks, we're going to be in Little Rock, Arkansas, North Little Rock, Arkansas, to be exact. And we will let you know more about that here soon. But we can tell you right now, folks, that coming up sometime in the second week of June, tickets will go on sale for the big event that will be held live at the Verizon Arena Monday, July 29th in North Little Rock, Arkansas, ladies and gentlemen. And then Tuesday... July 30th, ladies and gentlemen, hold on to your seats for this one, folks. Bell time, 8 p.m. We will be back in the home of Jerry the King Lawler, folks, and Elvis Aaron Presley, the home of Beale Street Blues and Q, ladies and gentlemen, Memphis, Tennessee, live at the FedEx Forum in Memphis. Now, coming up, of course, in the next few weeks, we will tell you where else we're going to be during the month of July and June. And also, folks, give you an early taste of what August is going to be like. So, John, it looks like we're going to have a very busy summer, to say the least. Yes, we are. And, of course, we will keep you up to date with that as well. Uh, while we're doing that, ladies and gentlemen, we can also tell you, ladies and gentlemen, that tonight, of course, we've got an action-packed night ahead of you, however, as far as, uh, like I said, sports goes, however. Uh, we are telling you right now, of course, we've got two good games in the NBA. Of course, the Philadelphia 76ers tied with the Toronto Raptors tied at two. They will be resuming their series tonight in Toronto in just a little bit at the Scotiabank Palace up there in the great white north of our own King of the Road, T. Smith, however, of O. Canada, the Maple Leaf, if you will, as the Raptors are tied in that series at two apiece. Meanwhile, the Portland Trailblazers and the Denver Nuggets will be resuming their series in Denver, and it was a very exciting night in Denver last night as the De- Colorado Avalanche kept their hopes alive and didn't get snowed under, no pun intended, chewed up by Jaws the Shark, if you will. As a result, they will be forcing Game 7 of the Western Conference second-round playoffs tomorrow night in San Jose, the home of our good friend Danny from Oak Park, Snack of the Woods, as the Shark Tank will be loud and proud, Howard, at the SAP Center, the SAP Center, and it will be rocking tomorrow night, you can bet, Howard, as the Sharks hope to take one more bite and a step closer to Lord Stanley's Cup as they take on the Colorado Avalanche. But speaking of hockey, ladies and gentlemen, we can tell you, Howard, congratulations is definitely in order, however, to, of all things, Howard, to the Boston Bruins, who last night, ladies and gentlemen, wrapped up the series with the Columbus Blue Jackets, beating them 3 nothing. The Avalanche, of course, as you know, won in overtime 4-3 to against the Sharks. So tonight, folks, here is who is on the ice. In a crucial game seven, that will be starting up in about 45 minutes, ladies and gentlemen, live from Dallas. However, it will be, I believe it's in Dallas, if I'm not mistaken, ladies and gentlemen, it will be the Dallas Stars and, of course, the St. Louis Blues getting ready, however, to uh, wage war. Meanwhile, we understand how Charlie McAvoy will not be playing the first game of the series, however, with the Carolina Hurricanes, however, which, of course, as you know, uh, the Bruins, as we told you last night, won. As a result, they will be facing the Carolina Hurricanes, who already swept the New York Islanders last week in four straight games. He has been suspended, according to reports, by Commissioner Gary Bettman after having an illegal check, however, to the head of Josh Anderson, however, last night. It is the first time the 21-year-old has been fined or suspended in his two-year career, but, of course, Brendan Shanahan, and as we said, ladies and gentlemen, however, there was, uh, like I said, however, some incidental contact as far as that goes, and we understand that the commissioner came down with the ruling just about an hour, a couple hours ago. As a result, he will not be playing the game, referring to the 21-year-old tomorrow night, or this Thursday night, I should say, excuse me, as far as that goes. But we can tell you, however, and also, ladies and gentlemen, however, there is another story going on, however, in the world of sport, uh, hockey right now. According to reports, former uh, Detroit Red Wings GM Ken Holland was named as the new GM and president of hockey operations after spending 36 years with the Detroit organization, playing 22 as GM. It was the architect of three Stanley uh, Cup winning teams, excuse me, Stanley Cup winning teams, however, 
in Detroit, however, mind you, was hired earlier today to take over the Edmonton Oilers. And in his first order, however, he has decided to give Ken Hitchcock his walking papers. Yes, folks, the legendary Ken Hitchcock, however, was shown the door earlier this afternoon by the new GM, however, Ken Holland. So, unfortunately, it didn't take him long, however, to make a splash, if you will. Now, two weeks ago, as you know, Holland's position with the Red Wings shifted to an advisory role when Detroit welcomed the former uh, superstar Stevie Y. Steve Eiserman back home as the GM. Eiserman had served as the GM, however, for the Tampa Bay Lightning, our good friend in Al Patel's hometown team, of course, the Lightning. According to reports, however, we understand Holland's deal with the uh, Oilers for five years at $5 million a year. Of course, as you know, the Oilers have missed the players in 12 of the past three years, despite picking first overall for the last three years from 2010 to 12 and then again in 2015. There is also pressure on to win as Captain Connor McDavid is still under in his prime and under contract with the uh, Oilers. He is currently 22 years old and has a deal that runs through the 2025-2026 season with a hit of over $12.5 million. Now, so, that, that is the question to ask you this, John. Can the Oilers turn around with this guy, or is it too little too late, do you think? Because right now I think the Oilers can try to get back some respectability, especially by bringing this guy in. And when you have a guy like uh, Connor McDavid, who's one of the best young hockey players out there next to Sid Crosby and Ovechkin, it seems like it's the right thing to do. But right now, the big question is, can he t- right the ship? Can he really find a way to get them back on course, in my opinion? I mean, right now, it's hard to say. I agree well, we'll definitely be watching that very, very carefully, ladies and gentlemen. Of course, we will let you know if we hear anything else about that, ladies and gentlemen. Of course, uh, a lot going down. Of course, like I said, however, and uh, like I said, we are, like I said, however, we're definitely uh, continuing to get updates on the story of what's going on in uh, Denver. Unless John has an update to report to us, ladies and gentlemen. Like I said, we are trying to find out as we can, ladies and gentlemen, more of this story, ladies and gentlemen. Uh, right now, as we said, of course. Uh, like I said, however, we're uh, going to, like I see, see what we got here. Uh, right now, however, we're going to uh, go into our time machine now, ladies and gentlemen. However, we didn't think we were going to have a moment tonight. But I think it's only fitting tonight how we uh, pay homage to uh, one of the most very unique, one of the most charismatic guys of all time. Yes, folks, I'm talking about the excellence of execution in his entire family. Yes, folks, I'm talking about the one, the only, yep, you guessed it, folks, Brett the Hitman Hart, ladies and gentlemen. And if I can find it here in a second, I will, however. But right now, we're going to talk about the Hitman. Oh, yes, here we go. We're going to talk about this very special DVD that came out back in March of 2013. It was called Brett the Hitman Heart, the Dungeon Collection. And in case you don't have this DVD, folks, it is a very special DVD. We're going to talk more about uh, some of the features that are on this DVD and get John's take on this, however, as we tell you about it right now, however. So with that said, let's talk about it right now, ladies and gentlemen. Of course, the... The story, of course, begins with Brett uh, welcoming his fans, of course, to the Dungeon Collection, if you will, ladies and gentlemen. He says it was a real privilege to do, as he went out through hours and hours of footage to pick out some of the most rare and interesting matches, including his days when he first started out in Stampede Wrestling up there in uh, Calgary, Alberta, Canada, the home of Lance Storm, and, of course, Ed Whalen, and, of course, the entire Hart family in general. He also talks about some of the matches that he had in Japan as well. As a result, however, that leads us to our first match, however, that later on, however, had some interesting ramifications with one another as they became family members, if you will, or close friends, if you will, however. It was Brett the Hitman Hart, ladies and gentlemen, the mid-heavyweight champion of Stampede, British, Stampede, excuse me, British common, well, middle-heavyweight champion, taking on a guy who got to know, if you will, and that was the form of Tom Dillon. 
who passed away, as you know, uh, some time ago, however, about a year and a half ago. That being said, John, this was a two out of three falls in that tower, and as of this Take about 15 minutes into the affair, so they go about 15 minutes to show a little bit more of what they're supposed to but they don't show the entire match in general. Nevertheless, Brett is your winner here to start out the um, match between him and Dynamite Kid. And of course, this would be the beginning of an interesting friendship yet rivalry between the two of them. Your thoughts about this match from December of 1978? Well, anytime you see Brett and Dynamite Kid fight each other, it's going to be amazing. And it was, no question about it. When you talk about two of the best Hall of Fame wrestlers of all time, Brett the Hitman Hart now, a two-time Hall of Famer, the Bulldog, of course, not getting to the Hall of Fame, which I hope next year, along with his longtime tag team partners, David Boy Smith, a member of the Hart family in general, Howard, will be put in the WWE Hall of Fame. what happened there. That being said, uh, only time will tell. Now, after this um, uh, first match, Brett talks about how... Uh, he toured Puerto Rico and Hawaii before going down to Georgia Championship Wrestling for a brief time. He thought he was going to be a big superstar down there in Georgia Championship Wrestling. And he worked with a young guy by the name of Buzz Sawyer, which led us to our next match, Howard, that happened in September of 1979, Howard. And this was one of the very few times Brett Howard would stray outside of his dad's territory and also, uh, let's just say, Stampede Wrestling in general, however, for a brief time. As a result, it was Bret Hart taking on Buzz Sawyer. As a result, this turned out to be a time in the draw between the two of them. Your thoughts about this one? Boy Sawyer, what an athlete Yes, yes indeed. I would definitely agree, however. Like I said, however. Like I said, however, and as a result, we saw what happened, however, if you will, however. And that was a very interesting match, to say the least. After that, of course, Brett went back to Canada, if you will, however, and despite the fact, however, he thought he was going to make it big in the U.S. of A., however, he went back to his home country, if you will, and uh, fought another interesting matchup, this time for the North American Heavyweight Championship. It was Leo Burke, and he talked about Leo as a great locker room leader, and many people liked him. He also said that Leo was one of the first that saw star potential in him. He also talked about how one time Leo nearly broke his nose during an ab stretch and then a knee drop on his face. Go figure. But anyway, this is for the North American title. However, this turned out to be one of the last times the Hitman would fight Howard in Stampede, however. And as a result, we would see Brett on his way to New York and back to the U.S. shortly thereafter with Vince McMahon and his father uh, adopting him and some of his family members, including... Davey Boy Smith signed on my kid, and we'll talk more about that in just a few moments. But that being said, this turned out to be a very interesting match, and we thought Brett was going to win, how lose the title here. But unfortunately, he did not lose the title here. The original ref lowered Brett's arm and DQ Burke because of this. As a result, many people, however, were surprised to see the Hitman Howard not win the title here. But nevertheless, he put up a good fight against Leo Burke Howard in one of his last matches here in Stampede from January of '83. Your thoughts about this one? What a match that was. Indeed, and like we said, folks, Howard, it was very interesting. Now, shortly thereafter, Brett would be on his way to New York, ladies and gentlemen, and of course he would make uh, friends and enemies alike, Howard, including Vince McMahon, however, the Dynamite Kid, Hulk Hogan, and others. And as a result, speaking of Dynamite Kid, Howard, once again, these two had some chemistry with each other, Howard, and this was the only time these two would wrestle one-on-one in the WWE. As a result, however, these two, Howard, would find a way, however, mind you, however, 
But like I said, this time, Dynamite got a little payback on the Hitman, however, after what had happened several years before in Stampede. That being said, however, the Dynamite Kid ends up beating Bret Hart in, of all places, your hometown, John, Washington, D.C., in September of 85. Your thoughts about this one? Wow. I, I wasn't even born at that time. Yes. But I got to say, of course, Bret and Dynamite Kid fighting in my hometown... And if yes. I was alive back then, like like in my like in my teenage years, in the eighties, yep. I would I would have enjoyed it. Oh, I would have too, no question about it. I was like I was about seven or eight and that's when I started getting into wrestling. I remember watching this on the old uh, USA All American show, how they used to show shows uh, all over the country from like Boston, New York, D C Pittsburgh, Hartford. And speaking of which, uh, Brett talks about that, however, in the next segment, however, as he says how his favorite house show was in January against the British Bulldogs, thanks to dangerous Danny Davis, who uh, was fired in controversy. This, of course, would take place a few weeks before WrestleMania, however, three. At the time, we thought the Hart Foundation would lose stress, but unfortunately, the Hart Foundation found a way to get out of Philadelphia alive with a really good match here. Your thoughts about this one? What match was it? The Islanders, however, taking on the Hart Foundation in Philadelphia, March of 87, two weeks before the big event. Oh, yeah. Uh, amazing, Titans. Indeed, indeed. No question about it. Optex, of course, Brett talks about how at one time they flew from the States to Italy on a tour and they had to wrestle that night, so Brett was a little cranky. He also went to found out that he was going to wrestle on the first night and he couldn't believe it. Yes, folks, you're going to believe it or not, Howard. Uh, surprised to hear who it was. It was the great Andre the Giant, believe it or not, who was limited at the time, and trying to slow down his career. But of course, you know, Brett, of course, had some history with Andre, considering what had happened at WrestleMania 2 in the football versus uh, WWE Battle World in Chicago. But Andre was trying to slow down around this time, however, mind you. And as a result, however, mind you, Brett decides to beat Andre. Lose Andre here and do the job to Andre Howard, but nevertheless he said Howard Andre was one of the guys who always found a way to basically look up to. However, during his early years, now Howard Andre was limited. he kind of slowed down his career around this time because we knew that Andre's uh, career and pretty much life was uh, at a crossroads in near the end almost. Your thoughts about Andre and Brett here in Milwaukee? Andre and Brett. Wow. Now, this was in Bret Hart's peak. Yes, it was. I mean, I no. thought we were going to see a major upset in Bret the Hitman Hart beating Andre. Yep. Yep. No question. No question about it. Yes, now, had no Andre been it. alive by ni- now had Andre been alive by 1993 or 94, and Bret was yeah. was champion at that time. Now, no Andre beat him in Italy. What do we have uh-huh. seen? Brett Pup, like Ultimate Warrior and Hulk Hogan and Demolition did? What have we seen him topple the Giant? 
That that's a good question. That's a very good question. Yeah, I was wondering that too. That's a very good point you bring up there. Yeah, very good point there. Now to another guy that we all respect and definitely love, however, and a guy who I always respect. When I was young, how I used to watch this guy in the old AWA territory, and I grew up to love this band very much. So, and one of our favorites, our the great Kurt Henning. Yes, folks, Mr. Perfect himself. Our Brett, of course, said he always had fun with Kurt working in the ring power over the years. And of course, this leads us to another match that happened two weeks after the Italy tour for the first time. How a rare commodity power, Brett versus Mr. Perfect from Toronto. Your thoughts about this one? I thought this was this was one of the better matches between these two the two of them for SummerSlam ninety one. Yes. I still think the SummerSlam ninety one was one of the best matches they had. No question. I mean like I said, you talk about I mean a guy who was so fluid in the ring and could just go east, whether he was teaming up with Scott Hall or Greg Gagne, or he was on his own or fighting guys like Jerry Lawler or even Fred Hart. Cool Kurt had used to perfect uh, did everything to the T and he was what he was, and that was simply perfect. Up next we go to Disney. No doubt about that. Yes, agreed. Up next, ladies and gentlemen, we have this two coming up, Power. And Brett talks about the Twin Towers, ladies and gentlemen. Your boy, the Big Boss Man, in a huge dream, ladies and gentlemen, taking on the Heart Foundation in a rare house show from May of 1989. As a result, your thoughts about this one is the Heart Foundation, the Twin Towers. Oh, man. Now, that's going to have been the rivalry in 1989. Yes. Yes, oh, I would agree. There was a lot of people from off the rocker, at that time the tag team at that time the tag team division in the eighties was hot at that time. Oh yes, you had a lot of big teams then. The Midnight Express, the Road Wars. I mean, in the, in the, in the National Wrestling Alliance, you had like well, they weren't in the WWE. No, they weren't, but. You could tell, I mean, it was very interesting, however, like I said, however. And like I said, this was, this was a very entertaining match, no question. <laughs> Up next, of course, a very interesting match, however, from April of 1990 following WrestleMania 6, ladies and gentlemen. You're in my buggy, that's why I'm yelling. Woo! I hear ya. Took, uh, did, uh, had an agreement with New Japan and All Japan, Howard, and as a result, Howard, you talk about a very unique match here, John. Two guys, Howard, that met for the first time, however, in history, Howard, took place here at the Tokyo Dome in April 1990, just two weeks after WrestleMania 6. It's the Hitman versus Tiger Mask 2. Your thoughts about this one? Oh, my. That had to be one heck of a good match. Yes. Yes, I would agree. I would definitely agree. I mean, you talk about a guy who back in the 80s, of course, was a junior heavyweight champion, who had some great battles with Dynamite Kid, and of course, Bret Hart, among other legends, Howard. Tiger Mask, no question about it. Of course, he also wrestled a lot of other guys, including Hatsumi Fujinami, among others, ladies and gentlemen. Very, very unique. Up next, ladies and gentlemen, of course, was another great match, Howard, that John will be pleased to hear, Howard. It was the first meeting, Howard, of Bret Hart versus Rick Flair, Howard, with Kurt Hennig, of all people, being in Flair's corner. This took place, Howard, in November 1991. This is a rare commodity, because this wasn't the one that was shot in Saskatoon that saw Bret won the title. This the year before that, however, in New Haven, Connecticut. And Brad was Intercontinental Champion at that time. That's right. That's right. He had won the IC title in August. But by God, right. that right. the, first, the first ever meeting between the Hitman and 
and the nature boy. Yes. Yes, indeed. No question about it. No question about it. Now, another guy that John, uh, that John, that Fred likes to work with, Howard, was a guy who should be in the WWE Hall of Fame, who should have gone in this year, Howard. The man known as the Beast from the East. Yes, folks, I'm talking about Bam Bam Bigelow. And again, we go back to Milan, Italy. This time it's Bret Hart versus Bammer in Italy from April of 93. Your thoughts about this? Oh, Bret Hart needed to get that win over Bam Bam. Because he already lost the title to Yokozuna. Mm -hmm. He needed that. Yep. Yes, he did, especially after what happened at WrestleMania 9. You were correct about that, no question about it. And I've always wondered this. Would have Bam Bam been a top contender to Brett's championship if Brett still had the title? In 93, yeah, I think so, because Hogan was on his way out about that time, and a lot of people felt that Hogan, however, was not going to play, uh, fa- I mean, he had his favorite people to work with, however, and I don't think he would have thought, I mean, I don't know if Hogan would have swapped the title to Bam or if Bam was taking the title from Hogan, and then Brett would have fought Bam right there for the title. That's, that's a very good point, though. That's a very, very I think since Bam Bam, since when Bam Bam came back to the WWE in 92, it could have been an unstoppable yeah. monster in hell. And hell, the feud I would have seen him at, at WrestleMania 9, and I'm not taking away anything, anything away from Giant Gonzalez, but that matchup yep. was horrible. I would have seen Bam oh, yeah. fight The Undertaker at WrestleMania 9. Oh, yeah. A lot of people originally thought that was going to be the case, too. You're right. Very good point, yes. Yeah. We then go into disc. We go into disc three, of course, and Brett talks about Kevin Nash, and of course that leads us to our next match. The first meeting between Brett Hart, Howard, this time with his brother-in-law Jimmy and Lightheart at his side, taking on Diesel with Shawn Michaels at the King of the Ring '94. This was before Brett and Owen Hart would fight at SummerSlam in Chicago. Your thoughts about this one? Oh yeah, and I think everyone knew what happened that night. Yeah. With uh, with Jim Nyhart walking away from Brett Hart and then come back later in the ninth, elbow and win the King of the Ring tournament. Yes. Yes, indeed. Very good point, indeed. Very good point, indeed. I'm Speaking of, of course, Owen, two guys. today would have been his birthday, too. So, um, yes, we'll t- I will we'll, we'll talk, talk about, about that. Yes, we'll talk about the King of Hearts tonight. No question about on Revolution, ladies and gentlemen. Up next, of course, we're going to talk about the King of Hearts here. Uh, Brett taking on Owen in a no-holds-barred match. This would be one of the last times they would face each other on television now from March of 95. From what I can gather, okay, Brett and Owen, one of the best, I think had one of the best views in 94. No question. But, neither, but this was their last, last encounter. In '95, uh-huh. yes, yeah. And so it was one of the great, great matchups between the two. Yes, I still think the I still think how the match in Chicago and the match at Mania Ten. I will put those two up there against any of them. Those two matches alone. Yeah. Anytime, any '94. Anytime, Brent and Owen got in the ring together in '94, it was magic between the two. Oh, no question, no question about it. I would agree. I think Owen. I think Brett. Brett could protect Owen more, yeah. more because Brett wanted to see how Owen had the capability right, to become a champion. Well, he didn't. Oh, no. He didn't technically become champion, but 
you know. Yeah, he did become a European champion. He also became a tag team champion. I mean, you got to give him that, but he didn't hold the big gold belt as we speak. Speaking of the big gold belt, however, Brett, of course, takes on a guy that was very unique back in the time, and I had my reservations about this guy, and I go back now and watch this guy, and I still have my reservations a little bit about him. Jean-Pierre Lafette from In Your House 3. Your thoughts about this one? I think that was worse. Yes. Oh, I would agree. I would definitely agree there. Up next, of course, Brett takes on a guy, however, who we got to know right after WrestleMania 12 hour, and they had a really good match. No, he wasn't. Glad he wasn't the mountain. That's true. Good point. Yes. But this one I really enjoyed. I went to watch this not too long ago. This was one of the better matches of the DVD set, however. The matchup between Brett and Austin in Sun City, South Africa. Your thoughts about this one? Oh, that was way before Survivor Series 96. That was way before yes. we saw the two of them square off. Yep. Mm-hmm. Yes. Up next, of course, Brett then takes on the Patriot, Dale Wilkes, of course. We know Brett, of course, this time was near the end of his WWE 12-year run, however, and, of course, he had been at war with the U.S., however, as it was Team Cam versus Team USA. Your thoughts about this one? And, he had, and also, he had now been a bad guy. But, but I think yeah. this was an okay match. But the Patriots could have done done a lot better, in my yep. opinion. I mean, yep. I mean, Dale Wilkes, the Patriot. I mean, he should have not been been the right opponent for Bret Hart. Some someone like Ken Shamrock or Vader could have stepped up to to the plate to face Bret, not the Patriots. Yep. Yep, I say that and of course, for Brett, yes, and Brett, of course, will lose one of his close friends about a month later after this. Of course, we know Brian Pillman, however, who tragically passed away two months before the incident in Montreal. By this time, however, Brett is out of WWF, however, and on his way to WCW, however, and as a result, how he shows up. Thanks to what happened in Mon- Montreal. Yes, thanks to what happened in Montreal, correct? And as a result, one of the few matches in WCW that they show on this that was kind of okay, and I thought it was a pretty good match, however, it was Brett versus Booker T in January of 1999. Your thoughts about this one? Uh, Booker T, Booker T met the future. He met a future Hall of Famer in Bret Hart. And this was an okay match, as you stress said. Yeah. And like we said, folks, there was a lot of uh, controversy, of course, after what happened in Montreal. Of course, Brett had arrived, of course, we know. Brett had arrived, of course, in WCW, of course, however, to much fanfare and to much uh, mixed reactions. Of course, he had played a part in Starkey 97 for two reasons. One, the whole uh, Bischoff-Larry uh, Sabisco thing, however, where basically Nitro was on the line. Of course, he gave Larry the victory and forced Bischoff to... Uh, give up his chances of having the NWO take over the WCW Monday Nitro show, however, if you were after they had done it the week before, however. And two, he had shown up in the whole thing involving Howard Sting and Hulk Hogan, where originally Nick Patrick had given Hogan the victory, but because of what had happened, he did not want to see what had happened to uh, Sting, however, like what had happened to him, however, the month before in Montreal. He told uh, the referee to restart the match. He decked Nick Patrick, and basically Stinger put Hogan into the Scorpion, 
and won the title away from Hogan that night and basically started out in 1998 what would be the start of the beginning of the end of WCW's uh, big uh, run in the Monday Night War. But at the time, they were still barely clinging to life and hanging on by a thread, however, despite the fact that Bret had shown up just a few weeks before that. In fact, the night he had shown up, however, surprisingly, was the night of my 21st birthday. And I'll never forget that, because I remember watching it, however, at home. I was supposed to go out that night for my birthday, and I ended up taping that show that night. And I went back and rewatched it, however, a couple days after that, however, uh, at the time, however, I taped it on my VCR. But folks, it was a very interesting match, to oh. say the least. Speaking of which, uh, John, that leads us to our final Hi. encounter here, ladies and gentlemen. Howard. Bret Hart versus Sting Howard at Mayhem 1999. This was the beginning of Bret's uh, final few months, Howard, as far as an in-ring competitor goes, Howard, until he would get back in the ring about 10 or 15 years later. He takes on, of course, uh, the Stinger in Canada as he is back home, Howard. As a result, Bret ends up defeating Stinger here in Toronto. Your thoughts about this one? Well, this matchup, to me, was the master of the sharpshooter. Because Sting had his scorpion deathlock, and Bret had the sharpshooter. Yes, he did. Yes, he did. And, of course, as we know, Bret, a few months later, of course, would uh, get injured and concussed at the hands of Bill Goldberg, beginning the end of his career. However, and I've always wondered, yeah. if Bret still, still wrestled, to that day, he would mm-hmm. still lead the millennium as WCW world champion, and WCW would would get back in ratings control. Oh yeah, oh I would agree. I would definitely, I would definitely agree. But like I said, there was a lot of, like I said, a lot of controversy at the time. Like I said, Brett had had a really good career to that point, and like I said, even though he had lost his brother, of course, in, of course, like I said, a few weeks after. Uh, a few months after what had happened with Booker, however, in the spring of 1999, and then, of course, WCW would start wasting him more and more, however. I don't know. It's just To me, however, I think, and Brett's even talked about this, I think, on different specials on the network and also in DVDs and other DVD forms, however, and uh, interviews, however, besides uh, DVD form, however, that WCW did not know what to do with him, and I think... That's that's a very fair assessment. I mean, they did not know what to do with him. The only thing was, how could they find a way to uh, correct the problem? Could they do what they did with him in WWF and find a way to uh, make it stick in WCW? Well, in my opinion, I don't think they did much with, right with him in WCW. However, if you ask me, maybe you agree with me, John. Maybe you don't, but uh, that's what I thought. But folks, I agree. those are our thoughts. How you would agree? Okay. Well, like I said, folks, how we definitely. Uh, Definitely, definitely want to thank you for listening to us tonight. We had a great show for you, Howard. Before we go, let's give you the number one last time, one six zero five five six two zero four four four. One six. All right, man. Pound. Don't forget, SmackDown will be on in a few minutes. John, we'll talk to you at 9 o'clock. Thank you for coming on. We'll catch up with you at 9. Yep. All right. See you later. All right. See ya. Uh, and that was the human suplex machine, John Gross, now leaving us, Howard, and we do want to thank him for joining us as long as he can here tonight as we pay tribute to one of the best, if not one of the greatest athletes of uh, the great white north of the Maple Leaf era, Howard, ladies and gentlemen, Mr. Canada himself, oh, Canada, Brett the Hitman Hart, ladies and gentlemen. John, of course, we'll talk more about his brother, Owen, who was celebrating a very special birthday today in heaven, and we want to wish the 
uh, Nugget himself, a.k.a. the King of Hearts, if you will, Owen Hart, a very special happy birthday as well. We will talk about, I'm sure, him next week or in the next few weeks, Howard, a very special show as well, Howard, so be sure to stay tuned to this as far as that goes. But, folks, we do want to thank you for listening to Episode 168. It's been a great night, Howard. We hope you enjoy SmackDown time. We hope you enjoy the rest of your week. Happy Mom's Day to all the moms out there, past and present. We hope everyone's enjoying this weather, Howard. I know it's been really nice here. So, folks, uh, we will talk to you again at 9 o'clock, Howard, with more action, Howard, with uh, Gerard, myself, on, of course, and the rest of the panel way too tough to handle as well. So, folks, thank you very much for joining us tonight. We will talk to you again next week, ladies and gentlemen, at 7 p.m. with another edition of Wrestling Revisit from the Time Machine Show. So, for now, for the Human Suplex Machine, this is the Iceman saying so long from Ringside Hour, and, of course, we will talk to you again at 9 p.m. with Wrestling Revolution. Have a great night, everyone. Be safe and be careful out there. And we'll catch you on the flip side. Have a good night, gang. And we'll see you again later this evening. And again, next Tuesday night, same time, same place, at 7 p.m. Enjoy your week. This is the Talk Shoe Radio Network. Lucky Land Casino, asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.